0: Um, so, let us turn to 1 John chapter 1, verses 1-3 through 3 and verse 6. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testified to it, and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father, And was made manifest to us that that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, You are great. You are holy. You are mighty. You are gracious. And I ask that through Your Word, we would come to stronger faith in You. We would learn what You would have us to be about. That You would define us as You know us to be. And grow us as You would have us to be. And I ask, Heavenly Father, that in that process of becoming, that You go with us, establish Yourself among us, because You and You alone are Lord of Your church, and You and You alone guide us. Heavenly Father, I ask right now that Your Son, Jesus Christ, be head of this church and our lives, that Your Holy Spirit be upon the breaking of the Word together and the breaking of the bread, that we indeed would be a people glorious glorified and honorable unto you heavenly father and you would be lifted up and bless your holy name i ask you heavenly father in this time in this place that you and you alone would receive our worship and our heart in our minds in our in our praise amen you may be seated In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God. Every good beginning starts with God. In the Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word is Jesus Christ. Jesus is at the beginning with God the Father. In 1 John 1, it says that which was from the beginning which we have heard and have witnessed and testified to is referencing the power of the Holy Spirit to transform a life. So we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit from the beginning. And this time for each one of us, we stand at the beginning. Not a beginning of a church, but a beginning of a ministry together. And I believe there's no other answer or way to go forward but with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and I share with you forward because that's one of my words that I believe God's always calling us forward. He doesn't say, stand still and do nothing. That He's always asking us to be involved, to take part, to grow, to learn, to transform to help others' lives be transformed. And so, in that essence, we are, at a beginning together, a fresh start, an opportunity to look at things in new ways, maybe, and to share what may have been previously overlooked or misunderstood as non-starters. You see, sometimes somebody will say something that's to them is a good idea and people will shoot it down and they'll never bring it up again. But I don't want you to not bring it up. I want to hear what's on your heart, even if you think it's silly or not important, or you think nobody else will buy into it. I want to hear that because that's God's heart placed in you. That's God's desire for you to share that with another, or he wouldn't have given that to you. Your hopes, your dreams, your fears, all those things. I want to share those with you. I want to know who you are and what God has moved you into and, where you are in your relationship with Him. Now, I I give you this. The slate here is not blank. The church was here before I was. The church is here before all of us. It's been here 151 years now. But, there's a different tool now in the hand of God to help paint a picture that may look a little different. To fill in the places in the big picture that have not yet been filled in. And I'll tell you something, I'm honored and I'm overjoyed to serve and to love with you. I believe that each person brings something to the table for the kingdom of God. I believe every person in creation has value and worth and can reach a life or bless a life or be a part of the kingdom of God without restriction. And so I want to encourage you to begin to think about it like that, that there is no Small dream or too big of one that God wants to give us hope and vision every single day. And if he's given you one and you've been afraid to share it, please don't be afraid to share that with me. And we'll see what God can do, because sometimes the smallest ideas become the greatest things. Now, we're on a threshold of a a new beginning, a a restart, or I guess you might call it that, especially with the pandemic um, changing and people getting back together more. We have an opportunity to look at church differently because I think normal ended in 2020. If if such a thing existed for church, church now has a new normal, whatever that is. And we got to learn that, what it's like. What it's like to do ministry. What it's like to converse. What it's like to fellowship. What it's like to be a part of one another's lives. And how do we do that? Those are questions we got to talk about. And if you know what a threshold is. A threshold is when someone gets married. And, and they spend their first times together. The, the, the groom. I'm hoping this is still the way it is. The groom lifts up the bride. It would be odd to see it the other way around. But the groom lifts up the bride and carries them over the threshold into the room where they're going to spend their first few minutes together and continue their marriage day. That threshold is him saying, you will not go to this new place without me. I will lift you, I will carry you, and we'll discover our life together. That's the threshold I'm talking about here. That kind of threshold that we stand at and i want to be a part of that and christ is one who will lift us and carry us over if you thought you was going to say i'm going to pick you up and carry you over no that's god's job my job is to go with you to share with you and celebrate with you whatever he's trying to do it's a new beginning for me for our church a threshold i left a 10-year pastor. i did not think i was going to leave And Brian went on and the pastor, he didn't think he was going to leave. So this new beginning with God's orchestration tells me that we don't know each other's hopes, dreams or fears or ideas. If they're silly or not, they're worth sharing. Did you know, and I think this is great. One of the greatest things about relationships is the silly stuff and the inside jokes. The stuff that makes that relationship unique. You'll have a look, a nudge, a wink, a saying, a phrase in, in married couples or a long-term relationships, and you know exactly what you're talking about. Nobody else will. Those kind of things are so wonderful and, and other people say, well, that's kind of silly. But let me tell you something. In the kingdom of God, those kind of things are not silly. Those are the things that develop and establish long relationships. I really want to hear those. I invite and I ask you to invite me to your home or out for coffee, maybe at Panera. Some of you may have heard already that that is my second office or maybe my first office. Depending, but especially during the school year, I'm there most mornings working on a sermon or something. And uh, I'd love to have folks join me and share their heart and their life story. Anything else you want to talk about? They got a coffee club, by the way. I'm, I'm not paid promotion. As a matter of fact, they won't let me promote them. But I want to have conversations with you. I really do. And a vision for what our church could be, what our families could be like. Because I believe we stand today saying we could do this if we would, but know what it is. We could change this. We could change that. I'll tell you a story about where I was uh, in Milburn. We um, we decided to do something kind of crazy. We decided to do what we called an outdoor drive-in. And now you say, well, you know, a lot of churches do that, but we decided to go big or not do it at all. So I had an FM transmitter and a friend of mine managed Cinemark theater. So we got one of Cinemark screens. a silver screen from Cinemark and we hung it up outside. And it's figuring out how to hang up screen that big outside took some work. I mean, they're going, how did you do that? And, and wow, in this church in a little small community. People are talking about what we're doing. And they're saying, how did you do that? We didn't have any idea that we were going to do that. They just offered us a silver screen. So we said, sure, let's do this and make it happen. We don't know what God wants to do. But God wants to make himself famous. And he uses us to do that. And so I want you to dream, even if it sounds crazy, impossible Because impossible is God's starting point. And so if you say, I can't believe God would use me. I don't have talent, don't have energy. You're at the right place. Because Paul said, in my weakness is God's strength. He wants your ability and your availability more so. In our text today, in 1 John We read that that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. He's talking about Jesus Christ. He's talking about his relationship as a living, breathing man with Jesus Christ as a living, breathing man. And it involved all five senses. That he heard him, he touched him, he saw him, he felt him. He was engaged. And when Jesus Christ loved him, his emotions were engaged. His mind was engaged. All parts of who he was. There wasn't just this head knowledge that he's talking about. He knew Jesus Christ was real. And when he resurrected and saw him with the scars, he knew Jesus Christ was real. It wasn't this, it's an idea that sounds nice. It was an actual experience. And so when he testified and someone says, well, I don't know if that's true, John could say, you don't have to know it's true, but I spent three years of my life with him and he loved me. To know Jesus loves you is probably one of the greatest gifts we'll ever receive. But if you only have head knowledge, but not heart knowledge of Jesus Christ, It's going to be difficult because you'll have a disconnect. Because if you believe with your head, your heart's going to carry all these doubts and fears about, well, how do you know? What if it's true? And your heart's the thing that questions. Your mind just thinks about it. But if your heart has faith, but your head isn't really convinced, your heart's going to, but I know, and your head's going to go, but, 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 and question what you know. But if you have both together, You're no longer questioning Christ or who He is or if He's real. There are different parts of you that can disconnect. You can have your head or your heart, your emotional part. Your convictions and your passions can all be separated. But oh, what a day it is when all those things come together and are in agreement because all your life you say, this is who He is And 100% of me knows it. This is what John's talking about. This is what he knows. And for a lot of us, to get that disconnect in one part of our life or another means we're still not always sure. Or our faith is sometimes wavers. John's never did because he knew him. He didn't have to question it because the power of Christ rested on him when he went out and did miracle after miracle And did it with Christ. And with another disciple. And So he said this life was made known to us. We saw it. And we testify. We talk about what we experience. It's hard to talk about what you don't know anything about, isn't it? The first time I led someone to Christ, I uh, was preaching in a church where I was pastoring in Georgia. And uh, he came up. And he said, uh, I want what you're talking about. And I went, okay, great. I didn't know what to do next because I didn't expect it. Because I didn't know. But if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can just simply say, hey, just tell him you love him. Tell him your heart. Tell him you want to be part of him and you're sorry you weren't. And so that's what I said to him. And this 72-year-old man at the altar, bawling like a baby, had a transformed heart and mind for the rest of his life. To see a man hardened by life for 70-plus years come to Christ was a great honor for me. To see that. But it was knowing, and this is what's neat. I can talk about that man's transformation because I saw it. It was a witness to what God did. No, what I did. I didn't know what I was doing. I was a kid. But what God can do. And that witness stood strong. And my emotions, conviction, and passion about that are not out of line. And so when your life is in line with Christ, you will have the same conviction and desire for others. So I want us to seek God together. To grow closer to Him. To serve hand in hand. To be in the trenches together. To learn. To be able to witness and experience God. And His loving Son, Jesus Christ. And the power of the Holy Spirit among us. To be able to share that without question. With others who are needing to know. I'd like to do that together. To experience God and His mission with you together. Rather than not... It works better that way. I think intentional growth and accountability go hand in hand. I work on me, you work on you, we go together to God. And I believe we need to have a few things in mind as we move forward together. We could make a difference in our world, at least I believe so, if we do four things and do them well. And the first one is that we would hold each other accountable to keep focused on the big picture and the mission and vision. Whatever that might be. To learn it. The second thing is to continuously seek God and ask who and what He wants us to be and to do. These aren't difficult questions or things to do. But I think they're very necessary. They're a baseline starting point. And the third thing I've been talking a little bit about is to open a dialogue with each other. To have ongoing conversations and to have honesty in both struggle and victory, concern and celebration. To evaluate what we're doing and implement what we need to do to build it or continue to make it better. And the fourth thing is to ensure that every conversation that we have the direction the answer or discussion focus engages us in how to proclaim Jesus Christ early on in my ministry i had all sorts of conversations i was young my mind would go this way and that way anybody wanted to talk about something we'd talk about anything but now my more so i'm more interested in knowing how can we make Jesus Christ known how can we build him up in each other What can we do to be with each other in that way? Because I think that's the best use of the time God's given us. Would you agree with that? If not, let me tell you who Jesus is. So I have a question this morning. Something for you to chew on, think about. Because I've been thinking about it ever since I knew I was coming here. And I have my answer to this question. But I'm going to tell you, I'm just one voice among many. So my answer to this question is not the ultimate answer. It's my answer. Your answer is your answer. And we need to share those. And this is the question. What is your definition of success for a church? In the 70s, it used to be who had the most members. In the 90s, it was who could pay their apportionments. (laughs) In some churches, who had the most in attendance. In some, it was who was baptized more. And yet others said how many people gave their life to Christ on an altar call. What's your definition of success for our church? It's an important question. Because what you think is important and is successful for a church is what you're going to probably want to be about doing. So how will we know that we are being faithful and true to what God asks? That's the definition of success. I know a church many years ago said their goal was to keep the doors open. preserve a place for people to come on Sunday and I hope our definition of success is bigger than that that it's more than just keeping the doors open because God's still doing miracles God's still working today there'll be times when we see God working great ways here miraculous ways amazing ways God's like that he knows how to lead his people If you've never seen one and you see one, you'll know God's working and you got to figure out what he's doing because he's right there because he's moving in your area. And we'll see sometimes where God has a miracle after a miracle and it's the time is right to let God do his great work because that's what those things are for to get people confidence to take bolder steps. And when those happen, that's what we do the church I came from we had a 92 year old man went into the hospital and I went to see him and they said we're unplugging him tonight just wanted you to know but here previously I put out a call to the church and I said what do you want God to do with your life what is your great concern and when he was 91 he wrote this on the form he said I believe God still wants me to do something with my life and I want to know what it is. 91, still trying to figure out what God wants to do with his life. So I remember that card as I went to that hospital room. And I began to pray with him. And he couldn't hear me in an induced coma. They were ready to pull the feeding tube that night. And I prayed. And I said, God, you told him you had more for his life. And he hasn't done it yet. This would be a testimony of his life if you would do something here. And that's basically what I prayed. That night, they pulled the plug. About an hour after I left. Two hours after I left, I got a phone call. It was his daughter. And she said, you will not believe what happened. I said, try me. They pulled the feeding tube out and he's now sitting up and normal and he may go home in the morning. And I said, I told you he so said had work to do. This is a testimony to the glory and grace of God. God is not done with us. I think because I'm here by the grace of God and the direction and orchestration of God, he's got some stuff in mind. So let's find out what it is. Whatever it is, I want to know. And I hope you do too. And so over the next few Sundays, we're going to ask, examine questions that are designed to help us soul search. Now soul search is to look inward at ourselves and our, at our hopes and look upward to see what we believe God called us to be doing and to look outward at our community to see who we're called to serve in love. So over the next three Sundays, we're going to do an inward look An upward look and an outward look over the next three messages. Now here's my call to you this morning. If you think that's what God should have us be doing and you want to be a part of his work, I'm inviting us to commune together and break bread and say, God, whatever you want us doing, let's figure it out and let's do it. Let's be about your business. There's still time. You're still able to do great things. I don't have any question in my mind that that's true. I want to commune with you and commit to that with you, to establish that with you. And I'll be asking the same questions that I asked of you in the bulletin in my family, among each of us here, as you'll engage conversation with me. Because I want us to be one. And learn what that looks like. And to continue the work of God here. That He began faithfully. Over the saints before us. And the saints here now. And if you'll let me join you in that work. Then let's commune together. And celebrate that. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father I thank you. That you know us. You've heard us. You've established us. You've called us. And not only that, Lord, you know us by name. And in that knowing, you said we can be and become whatever your grace called us to. And so I pray right now, in this time and place, that you draw pastor and church together ministry, message, healing and hope, direction and your directive peace and passion and the joyful serving of your Son, Jesus Christ, together. Heavenly Father, may this be the call of our heart as we come to pray and commune. And I pray this in your precious and holy name. Amen.